You are listening to So You Want to Read Tolkien, a podcast that goes through each of J.R.R. Tolkien's main works, chapter by chapter, and discusses them in a most ridiculous manner. One does not simply walk into Mordor. I would cut off your head, dwarf, if it stood but a little higher from the ground. We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? Yeah, Till at last I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountainside. What's happening out there? Shall I describe it to you? Or would you like me to find you a box? Now, don't be hasty, Master Miriado. Is this new devil Hello and welcome to So You Want to Read Tolkien. Today we are discussing Return of the King, Book 6, Chapter 1, The Tower of Kirith Ungol. I'm Caitlin, and I wrote this note yesterday, but it holds true for today too. It's the hottest fucking day of the year here. And everything is terrible. I'm Rachel, and my brother just got married. So that's the only exciting thing to happen to me in, you know, five plus months. That's pretty exciting. And I'm Emmy, and I had a very exciting weekend. I cut my own hair. I have a quarantine haircut now and uh, re-pierced one of my ears. So it's fantastic. Sorry, Caitlin. With like a needle from your household, yep. right? Yeah. It was sewing needle. It just, I mean, it was, it had been pierced before. And then on the internet, an author I follow was like, listen, guys, you should go put in earrings. And I was like, oh, wow, I haven't put in earrings since like March. And I went to put in earrings and it didn't go through. (laughs) So we fixed that now and we're not taking them out. So your weekend was a middle school sleepover. I was going to say, that's, I mean, yep. It was like I was 12 years old. I had like the impetuous weekend of a preteen. Uh, all right. So let's get into the chapter. Uh, characters. You have a really long cast list this time. You know, last time we had every single person riding off toward Mordor. Um, we've got Frodo, a captured hobbit, and Sam, an uncaptured hobbit. That's, that's pretty much it. Um, we also have a couple of different orcs that don't, really matter other than uh one of them makes off with frodo's possessions but again last chapter we've seen how that plays out uh basically all that you need to remember is that there were some mordor orcs and they fought with some morgul orcs like from the morgul vale witch king orcs and pretty much everyone is dead now they fought each other and made it easy for sam (laughs) indeed they did uh in this chapter sam rescues frodo from the orcs sort of and they come up with a plan to get across Mordor again sort of they're doing great yeah they work really hard 100% everything's going fabulously okay 
So we are back with Sam, exactly where we left him, outside the locked gate to Kirith Ungol, realizing he has no way of getting in through those gates. Uh, so Sam turns around back towards Shelob's lair and tries to figure out exactly what day it is, and uh, which gives the narrator the perfect opportunity to sync up the timelines for us. Oh my god, it was so heavy-handed. Yeah. <laughs> it was real unsubtle. Yeah, so... Mary is riding with the Rohirrim towards Minas Tirith. Aragorn is on the Ooh. ships towards Minas Tirith. Pippin is in Minas Tirith while it burns. And while Denethor goes crazy. Yes. And um, and Sam is just hanging out in these tunnels. <laughs> uh, so Sam is basically wandering around the orc tunnels just outside. She loves Lair. And the orcs that had taken Frodo took him to the back of the tower in the aforementioned locked gate. Sam now realizes that he'll have to make his way through the tunnels around to the main entrance of the tower. And as he reaches the area where he first saw the orcs that took Frodo, he stops and sits on the ground. Tired and almost physically unwilling to take that final step out of the mountains and into the land of Mordor. As he sits there, contemplating how his life brought him to this, he puts on the ring. As you do. Oh, Sam. And this is like instance one of at least two, but maybe three of Sam kind of giving up, but then being like... Nah, I guess I'll carry on. <laughs> it's a yeah. theme in this chapter. That's it. That's the whole chapter. Yeah. Uh, with the ring on, Sam can feel the malevolent presence of Sauron searching for the ring very keenly now that he is so close. But also his hearing is once again sharpened and he can tell that the orcs within the tower are fighting. This gives Sam the spark of hope that he needs to continue down into Mordor. Into Mordor. I hate that word. I hate it so much. <laughs> as he does he takes off the ring so he can see properly but like also because Tolkien didn't want the ring to be discovered just then I liked that <laughs> mostly for plot reasons yeah yeah it's like this was described as like maybe some greater instinct you know some greater force was at work in Sam you know like the plot and the narrator <laughs> yep. but at the time he just thought he could see properly because it fits both version of like you know epic forces are fighting each other and whatnot and also like all the jokes about people who are like yes yeah, Sam could have just waltzed in with it like yes Sam took off the ring because he wanted to see <laughs> it's like he's one of those people who turns down the music so that they can read the street signs oh my god <laughs> Yeah. That's the vibe I get <laughs> but, here. I mean, it is talked about how that when you put on the ring, everything goes kind of dark and shadowy. Mm -hmm. So it is like an actual physical difference. But yes, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, as Those of us who, who are blind are just like, yeah, that's like... That's a mood. All the time. <laughs> uh, quick side note before we go on. I challenge anyone to a fun, deadly drinking game this episode. Take a drink anytime I say the word Sam. <laughs> no they'll die you will die <laughs> I'm like looking down the page and it's just Sam 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 he gets to do stuff it's very exciting it is us. this is the Sam chapter um, now I right. want to go grab a drink <laughs> uh, so as he walks down uh, Sam gets his first look across the land of Mordor and he can see Mount Doom in the distance and the lava spilling forth from it as well and in the other direction, he gets his first good look at the Tower of Kirith Ungol and just how tall it is. Tolkien then spends an entire page describing the tower and the road that goes down from the tower and how Sam feels about the tower. And like, not good. He doesn't feel great about this whole thing. 
It was a real thrill in time. Yeah. Summing up, there's a gate at the front, and also Sam realizes that the tower was built by the men of Gondor after the first war with Sauron in order to keep evil things in Mordor. Fuck, I hate that word. I never say it right. (laughs) It has now been repurposed by Sauron for that same use, as Sauron has many slaves, and those slaves would want to escape. Makes sense. Which uh, really makes the wholesale slaughter of orcs that happen in these books kind of questionable. Yeah. If they... Not quite so cheerful. Yeah. No. Uh, Sam also feels that there will be no way to sneak past the gate, like the gate of Kirith Ungol, into Mordor, because it's like a... It's specifically to see who goes in and out there, right? But uh, even worse than that, he has to sneak in through the gate, which is very visible, since the whole purpose of the tower is to be like a watchtower. Uh, He quickly dismisses using the ring, again, for plot reasons, but also because he can now, now that he can see Mount Doom, he just knows that if he puts it on, Sauron will see him and know where the the ring is. The plot will see him. Yeah. The ring then tries to tempt him to put it on, uh, showing him visions of Samwise, the hero of Middle-earth and such. But his love of Frodo and good hobbit sense keeps him on the right path. I love love that the image of you know, Samwise, the hero of Middle-earth, was like, you know, the most epic gardener. And I was like, you know, he would fit in pretty well in the the evil Tom Bombadil world. Yes, yes, he would. Yeah. Like, I would absolutely put evil Samwise with Tom Bombadil and Treebeard. He could be the mouth of Tom Bombadil. Oh, that's just, that just sounds wrong. <laughs> Wait, Tom Bombadaddy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Jesus, that was... You're welcome. <laughs> Anyways. Someone else said that to me. if i have to know it you have to know it all right so uh sam approaches the gate and two orcs run out of it onto the road and are immediately shot down i want you all to know that we never know who or what shot them or where those things are like are those people still alive no unclear i think it's described later that they ran out and were killed yeah by who when in doubt, I assume everyone's dead. I guess. Yeah. I, I. Anyways, hearing the fighting better now that he's close, Sam realizes they are probably fighting over Frodo's mithril coat and that only luck is keeping him alive at this point. Sam insults himself and then runs towards the gate, but is stopped by an invisible force. I really love picturing this. <laughs> uh, much like the watchers at Minas Morgul were drawing Frodo in, these ones here are keeping Sam out. And Sam's and Sam decides to deal with them in much the same way as Frodo did. He pulls out the file of Gladriel and is able to push through. Once he's through, the statues let out a loud cry, which is echoed by a harsh bell clang from up in the tower. Uh, Sam, speaking to himself, says, Now I've rung the front bell, <laughs> which is just great. And then yells to the tower in general i suppose tell captain shagrat that the great elf warrior has called with his elf sword too which i mean is exactly the thing someone who isn't an elf warrior would say (laughs) (laughs) but also as a quick recap for those who don't remember the end of the two towers and why would you at this point the orcs assumed that some sort of great elf warrior had attacked shelob in order to make her retreat and dealt her that blow. So that's why Sam is like, I'm a great elf warrior now. <laughs> I mean, who whomst among us would not, if we could, oh, no, claim if I, to be if, a great elf warrior? If, if I had Sting in my hand, that's pretty much exactly what I'm going to say. So don't, no judgment, Sam. You do you. Uh, Sam moves into the tower, noting much of the architecture, which was great, very thrilling, and <laughs> uh, dead orc bodies along the way. It's real quiet and creepy, but he thinks of Frodo and forces himself on, 
which is, you know, how I get through everything, too. I just think of Frodo (laughs) and carry on. (laughs) Uh, And he heads towards the back of the tower. Keep keep calm and think of Frodo? Yeah. (laughs) An orc suddenly appears in front of Sam, but by some trick of the light or perhaps the fact that Sam is clutching the ring, it sees Sam as a great dark shape holding a sword and not a small frightened hobbit. Sword runs away from him and Sam gives chase and follows it up the stairs, yelling more about the elf warrior. I think Sam's taking a little bit far now. (laughs) So Sam follows uh, that orc all the way up the stairs until he overhears Shagrat having a conversation with him. The orc that he followed up the stairs is called Snega, which we learned here. And the conversation confirms Sam's suspicions that the two orc captains that we met previously in the two towers had been fighting. And you remember the, the ones who sounded like just super done middle management. I think we made jokes about them having conversations around the water cooler. Yes. Which is like all I remember. I mean, I definitely remember discussing middle management orcs. Yeah. I don't think I necessarily remember these two particular orcs. Well, Snega wasn't there. Snega works for Shagrat. He's on the Mordor side. The one who was on the Morgul side is probably dead somewhere. We don't hear about him here. Shagrat has like won the fight, but is injured and is now trying to get Snega to go do something. Peer pressure. Well, I think it's more like his captain is giving him an order. Yeah. It's, you know, middle management and underling pressure. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, the the whole argument itself is do, not that Do this important. or we'll send you to uh, Sauron for uh, some, some training exercises. <laughs> it was more like do this or, well, or Sauron or the Ringwraiths probably will show up here and kill you because we didn't do this. Yeah, so send you to training. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, so what's important in this whole conversation is that Snega, the orc that had seen Sam, is so scared of him that he's refusing to go back down the stairs. Calls him a Tark, which you'll have to look up in the appendices. I did. So so, so, so did I. I'm just being an idiot. And, uh, and liter- there was no reason this couldn't have just been its own footnote. Exactly. The when I was it, a, in the appendices, I did notice mm-hmm. that the appendices have footnotes, and I was like, well, that's, that's just a kick in the face, Tolkien. That's just oh, an actual yeah. kick in the face. Yes. A, a, a Tark is just a person from Gondor. Yes, yes, it is. It's not nearly as interesting as all of us probably imagined it was. No. It's true. Uh, and as literally, <laughs> so Snega then actually says, and until he's off them, them being the stairs, I'm not going down. Not if you were a Nazgul, I wouldn't. So it's almost like Sam got his ring dream of being the hero of Middle-earth. And then there's like a big orc scuffle and it's kind of ridiculous. Shagrat says he's going to kill Snega and chases after him. Snega sneaks away and while Shagrat... All these fucking names, Jesus. And while Shagrat is looking for him, one of the dead orcs on the ground turns out to be not that dead and tries to... Oh, that was the one. That That was the other guy. Oh, that was him? Yeah, that was the other dude. Oh, I just thought there was a rando. Um, because I don't remember names. <laughs> uh, names are meaningless. Yeah. Uh, out to, so he turns out to be not that dead and tries to kill Shagrat, but Shagrat kills him. And then... Classic. Yeah, it was great. Uh, Sam then bursts out of wherever it was that he was hiding, and due to Sting and the ring giving him mystical presents, Shagrat runs off, presumably to get help, uh, but does have uh, stuff with him. Yeah. <laughs> the the ring gave him advantage on his intimidation check. 
Yes, go. it did. Uh, Sam starts to chase Stuff. after him, but then remembers that Snega is still in the tower and might be doing something dastardly to Frodo. So lets yes. him go, even though he's probably going to get reinforcements. All of this, this whole thing with Shagar and Snega, is really just to explain how Shagar runs off with Frodo's and Sam's possessions, which we already knew because we already <laughs> saw it. And I just feel like in this one instance, the movie did it better. Because it was just like, yeah, they fought, they're gone, boom, done, done, out the tower. Run. Yep. <laughs> Not 100 it's over. pages about it. Uh, seems like a little much for all that, but you know how Tolkien is. You got to get the whole history of a uh, thing. A little much for all that is Tolkien's middle name. Yes. <laughs> uh, s- J.R. a little much for all that are <laughs> Tolkien. Dramudimich. <laughs> I don't know what I just said. Anyways. Um... Sam continues up the tower, searching and searching and searching for Frodo and does not find him. When he's just about out of hope for like the third time, I don't know, he starts <laughs> to sing one of Bilbo's songs. Uh, and just as he thinks he hears a faint voice answering, Snega appears and starts yelling at a dunghill rat to shut up. Snega then heads up, uh, heads like, he has a ladder that he pulls out of somewhere and... He heads up it, revealing to Sam that he'd missed seeing a trapdoor that you need a ladder to access, and presumably this is where Frodo is. This is the part where I realized that this whole chapter is basically like a classic dungeon dive. Yeah, but Sam's by himself. I mean, yeah, he has no companions, but yeah, it was just like, oh, yeah, so he like has, he's like, okay, I got to figure out how to get into the tower, and then I got to get through these doors to the tower, and then, you know, you've got to make your way up the stairs, uh, you know. Yeah, but it's the enemies, and then you've got to find the secret hidden door. It's like they sent their nature cleric in by himself. (laughs) Aww. Uh, Snake yells at someone up wherever he is up the the ladder, and then Sam hears the crack of a whip and runs up there in a fury and slashes Snake's hand off, which I thought was pretty cool, before it can deal a second blow. There's then another scuffle, and Snake trips across the ladder and falls down the trapdoor. Sam doesn't give another thought to him because our two Reasons. Mordor hobbits have been reunited. Woohoo! Yay! Frodo is is up there, obviously. He was the one getting whipped, which is very sad. <laughs> Yikes. There's a very touching reunion where Frodo was sure he was dreaming when he heard Sam singing below and has a great line. There was an orc with a whip and it turned into Sam. <laughs> which, I don't know, I really appreciate that. Uh, Frodo says it feels like it's been weeks since something hit him and he was trapped in darkness and foul dreams and then woke to orcs all around him. He has a pain where Shelob stung him, but seems otherwise fine. Although the orcs have- Which is amazing for having been whipped. Yes. Yeah. I guess Snega wasn't very good with the whip. (laughs) (laughs) All manner of jokes aside. Yep. uh, (laughs) Uh, uh, the orcs have stripped him of all of his belongings, not like in the movie where he got to keep his pants. He's literally <laughs> lying there naked, which is just Rough. like terrible to wake up surrounded by scary things, taking all your clothes off. That would oh. really suck. Yes, yeah. it would. Frodo then comes to the realization that the orcs took everything and starts getting overly dramatic that the world will end <laughs> and only the elves will be able to get out, <laughs> which... That was just great. He's like, <laughs> I don't have the page bookmarked or anything. I'm not going to search for it. He was like, only the elves can get away now. We're all doomed. It was so good. Yeah. Anyways, he's like 
really doom and gloom there. And then Sam's all, it's cool. I've totally got the ring. Quest not failed yet. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, they have a ring power struggle moment. And Frodo ends up calling Sam a thief, which really, I think Sam was crying after that. And everybody was upset and it was bad. But as soon as he has the ring back, Frodo apologizes profusely and says that it is his doom to carry until the end. Rude. Well, Frodo, come on. I mean, I think it's both things. I think it's the ring working on him there and him genuinely not wanting Sam to have to deal with it. No, it's definitely an instance of the ring working on him, but it's also like, come on, after all that, you guys are going to be mean to each other. (sighs) Well, he says sorry right away. Eh. Yeah. Eh. Mm. Eh. (laughs) Anyways, the ring back with Frodo and the tension (laughs) gone for the moment. Sam starts preparing things as he does best. He goes back down the ladder to steal some orc clothes so they can disguise themselves when walking through Mordor. Frodo gets all dressed up in orc gear. Sam steals most of their food and such and doesn't want to ditch his supplies. So he just kind of puts a cloak and a helmet on and hopes. It's a great plan. Yep. Solid. They then have an intense discussion about food and water, which took up two pages in my book, (laughs) but can be summed up with, they're good on food, but have little to no water and are unsure where they're going to get some. But they've got to move on before more orcs appear. Yeah. Two pages. Yep. Uh, The hobbits then make their way down the tower and outside, but are waylaid again by the gate and the evil watchers. Frodo immediately sinks to the ground saying he can't go on. And it was another Frodo being overly dramatic moment, which I love. So dramatic. It was great. He was just like, (laughs) no, I'm going to faint. I can't do this. And Sam's like, no, no, no. It's fine. It's just the gate. So Sam explains about the evil Kate and brings out the file again, and this time yells, Ah, Elbereth Gilthoniel, and Frodo chimes in with a, Aya Elenion and... I had it a minute ago. Jesus. Frodo chimes in with a, Aya Elenion and Kalima, and they burst through the gate as the evil force is quelled, and like parts of the gate break, but not the watchers themselves. Because they still let out another shriek and the bell still clangs overhead. And then out of the darkness above drops a great winged shape. Who lets out a ghastly shriek? Our heroes are surely done for. And that's the end of the chapter. And presumably the end of Frodo and Sam. (laughs) And the quest. Because the the book book is over now, the appendices have started. This is like the longest chapter of the book and I just summed it up very quickly. (laughs) It's it's pretty much just... It was a rough chapter. Architecture and food. It was a lot of stuff that I was, the whole time I was reading, I was like, I love Frodo, but I don't care for any of this. Yeah. Well, it just really felt like nothing happened. Well, and, you know, we've had a lot of those chapters where, you know, we call them the walking chapters, but at least they're walking through places. Like, they're in the same building almost this entire time. It is one building. Having, having had to, yeah, having had to, you know, describe my life to people and like how I'm doing over the past several months there are only so many (gasps) ways people (laughs) care to hear about the same four walls (laughs) yeah Jesus yeah I don't I don't know this book was rough just this chapter thank you yes (laughs) um yeah like I liked seeing Frodo and Sam reunited and how touching it was and how Sam was genuinely affectionate and that sort of thing and it was nice but everything else was just kind of like i don't care about these fucking orcs why couldn't they have all just killed each other and sam could have seen one sneaking off 
done and done. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I agree. That's that's my thoughts on uh We could, we could on this have gone chapter. somewhere more interesting here, and we didn't. So, here we are. Or why couldn't the, like, ring power struggle have been more than two sentences? Yeah, that was... I don't know. I guess that was structurally-wise supposed to be the main conflict of the chapter, and it really wasn't. Like, I would have expected it to be a much bigger deal. Yeah, especially because, you know, in the books, or in the movies, they had, you know, the, like, separation before going through Shelob's lair. And so it's basically just like, you know, Sam says, you know, I could I could help. And Frodo's just like, no, you thief. And then, like, uh, two seconds later, like, a mist clears from his eyes. <laughs> Great. Okay. That lasted so long. <laughs> that was worth it. The Return of the King movie does Frodo so dirty, but we'll get there. We will. It's going to be fun. <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty much just a blip. Boo. Yeah, I have no exciting thoughts about this chapter. It just kind of happened. It happened. Yeah. I liked the I Elvish, I'm... but, you know, it's been a while since I got to read some Elvish, and then I screwed it up, so that was great. You did great. I will say I really liked how you said, uh, and Kali Ma sounded like, you know, you're going to be in... um indiana jones movie <laughs> it well yeah because kali ma is a she is a, an indian goddess and it is the one that they say in indian jones in the lost temple <laughs> so i probably have that pronunciation <laughs> stuck in my head yep. from my childhood of watching those movies a lot yep <laughs> so you're not wrong is what i'm saying <laughs> anyway it was a, a solid image <laughs> I guess this chapter was particularly weird for me because I had to look up the Lord of the Rings books at work and learn that they are set to a sixth grade reading level. And like having read this chapter immediately prior to this discussion, this does not feel sixth grade. This would be of no interest to a sixth grader who wasn't like trudging their way through classics. Definitely not your average sixth grader. Like I, I definitely read them before sixth grade, but... But would you have called them a sixth grade reading level when you... No. Right? So... Because no. reading level is supposed to take into account more than just sentence structure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's supposed to. It doesn't, typically, because people are lazy. But, like, you could be... This could be of interest to sixth graders, and some parts of the the narrative are incredibly complex and deep, and I would not put them at sixth grade. And then some parts of it are really easy to read, but... Maybe not of interest. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just felt like, what a weird age to assign Return of the King to. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think it was first, like, in an official school way, made a, a suggestion to me in grade eight. But that was a good while ago. I remember in sixth grade, we read The Hobbit um, because they did a study in heroism. And, you know, The Hobbit is a great children's book. <laughs> Like, it really is. Also, it's like a high fantasy classic, which there just aren't enough of in the world. Um, But I don't think anyone at school ever recommended we read The Lord of the Rings. I think it was just a, this is the prequel to The Lord of the Rings, if you like this book. And then, you know, that December the movies came out. So the first movie. Right, because you two are much younger than me. Infants, yes. Yes. That's a wild thing to say that you read it in (laughs) whatever grade you're in and then the movies came out. (laughs) yep babies yes babies almost 30 
My past self would be ashamed see, of me. See, when, anyway. we, when we say the our ages now and you're like almost 30, I'm like, well, I'm 34. That doesn't seem that big of a difference. But when you're like, <laughs> I was in this grade when the movies came out, I'm like, oh, geez. I mean, it was a big difference back then, but yeah. now yeah. it's like, yeah, we're all in this hell together. <laughs> I will say, though, I like when people are like 15 years since the Twilight books, and I was like, wait, what? Fi- what? Yeah, that seems crazy. But I think we just have these like pop culture signposts in our brain. And when you attach like a year number instead of, you know, that sort of relative timeline, it really throws you for a loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That was an interesting discussion that had nothing to do with this chapter. <laughs> no. No, <laughs> nope. That was just my life. But um, here we are with our pop culture timeline, and now you know how old I am, which is fine. I, I don't <laughs> actually care. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, before we sign off, we I just wanted to give a shout-out to our three new patrons that we have. So thank you very much for supporting the show uh, to Jessica, Sarah, and Yang Z. We appreciate your support and the support of all of our lovely, lovely patrons. Thanks, guys. So we love you. All right, so next time we will be reading The Return of the King, Book 6, Chapter 2, which I believe is called The Land of Shadow. Yes. Gasp. I assume it'll just be about how the Nazgul eats Sam and Frodo. <laughs> yep. Really long, intimate discussion of the eating. <laughs> Sounds like Tolkien. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like Redwall, actually. <laughs> all the descriptions of food. with the uh you know a, a nice cordial with it yeah yep so if you too want to become a patron and support the show you can do so at patreon.com slash so you want to read tolkien uh if you want to reach out to us on twitter you can do so at to read tolkien if you want to send us an email you can do so at want to read tolkien at gmail.com and you can we also appreciate if you want to leave us a review on your podcast listening platform of choice yes nailed it (laughs) thank you for your encouragement emmy i always appreciate it (laughs) i'm here for you thank you and we will see you all next time for the land of the shadow i just put in an extra the whatever i've been caitlin (laughs) i've been rachel i've been emmy bye-bye bye I'm nowhere near my mic. I'm just going to adjust this a bit. It's probably going to be loud for you. I have no idea. Oh, that was so loud. Shut up. What? I don't have my <laughs> monitor anymore. I don't know what anything sounds like, and it bothers the fuck out of me. I couldn't hear anything. Great. Wonderful. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to So You Want to Read Tolkien. Today, we are reading Return of the King. No, we're not reading it. We've already read it. I'm just going to do that again. That was bad. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to make an inappropriate joke, but I won't. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably for the best. I wonder if Tolkien would have liked Redwall. Yeah, no, I think he would have had trouble with, like, the relative side. Like, Tolkien was very rule-oriented, that whole, like, you can't have gas lamps and fantasy. Mm. And, like, 
They never explain how the badgers and mice are the same size or how they manage to build an abbey that worships no religion or what the warrior monks actually do. How do they hold swords if they don't have thumbs? These are the Redwall questions. What is their religion? How do they hold swords? I'm just saying, I think... I think Tolkien would have been haunted by these questions. Now I really want to read. Am. I want to read all of the things that Tolkien said about the Narnia books, oh, and God. then like try to apply them to Redwall. <laughs> I just because I feel I like can, there's some crossover there. It's been so long since I read the Redwall books. Like I was pretty young when I read them, and I didn't even notice that they didn't actually have a religion, but were still in an abbey. Well, they're in an abbey at the very like the cover. There are windows that are in the shape of crosses, but they never mention religion. Like, they have fake saints, but, like, it's never... Are they martyrs? Were they, like, apostles to some, like, badger god? Never I think never it's secretly a post-apocalyptic society in which animals took over the earth. And they're okay, worshipping... Again, again how, how did the it's... field mice become the same size as the badgers? How? Shh. Radiation. How does the Abbey fit uh, all yeah, of these radiation. animals? Radiation. Definitely radiation. <laughs> anyway, I love those books so much. It was one of the first uh, classroom read-alouds that was like a multi-chapter read-aloud that one of my teachers ever did. We'd gather for like 30 minutes at the end of the school day and they'd read aloud from Redwall. And to this day, I love these books. Even though now as an adult, I revisit them and I have a lot of questions. <laughs> Do you want to know what my uh, earliest memory of a read-aloud book in, in class was? Yes. Uh, Narnia. Oh, <laughs> Nice. Yeah. That would be a fun classroom read-aloud. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't read it aloud these days in a classroom for obvious reasons, but yeah. like, well, I can see why it would be so much fun. Yeah. I'm sh- I don't, maybe some people noticed, but literally people had to point out to me that those books were a Christianity allegory. Oh yeah, no. Even, when I was like, a child, even I as had an adult, no idea. though, <laughs> because I am so Jesus religious, parallels. religiously illiterate that I would just—it just went whoosh, all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's okay. That I happens. believe that. I think our next podcast should be a Redwall podcast. Oh now. my god, I would have so much fun. <laughs> I would have so. I love those books so much. Actually, by the time I was in seventh grade, I had read like all twenty something of them. Oh my god! The library bought them just for me. Can you imagine what our audience on this show would be like if we're like, yeah, we're ditching Tolkien and we're moving on <laughs> to mice, <laughs> mice and feasts. Hey, yeah. I mean, we could make it a new podcast just Food from porn. from the makers of So You Want to Read Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> 